Barancourt's radio network is now available on Anchor.fm. You can subscribe to our podcast either through Anchor or one of its many affiliates, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Now, enough of the bullshit. Here's the podcast. Hello, everybody who is tuned in. Welcome to Rotten Corpse Radio, only here on Anchor.fm, and... Today, we are going to be having something a little bit special, if you've read the header on this at all, or if you're just kind of hearing it because uh, it's popped up in your iTunes or your Spotify list, we are doing a forum review of the movie Ant-Man and Wasp, and here today, uh, we have a numerous uh, group of... uh, uh, It's called a panel. Yeah, good old panel. Anyway... um, from uh, Your Story Discovered, uh, we have uh, Elizabeth Patton here with Hello. us today, as well as her partner in crime, who is also a co-host on the SciPals podcast, uh, Heather Nolan is here. Hello. And from Parts Unknown, weighing in at 300 and something pounds from an undisclosed location, <laughs> Stavropocracy. Indeed. Here's my co-host on the Casket Cast, and how's it? First off, uh, Liz, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, trying to stay cool. Oh, butchering heat. Now, most most uh, people who are familiar with our part of town and those of our listeners who are from Oregon know that nobody here can take the heat at all, especially when it's as dry and funky and humid as it is here. And Just managing to stay cool, but I totally agree. We're so used to the rain and the cold that sometimes when you get these high temperatures, it's like we're melting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I blame the Californias Bifornia, uh, blah, blah, sorry. I blame the Californians because it seems like the last several years, ever since they decided to pop the California Oregon border to our area, we seem to get hotter weathers. So I kinda blame them. It could be all the snug, huh? Yeah, probably. All the snug coming in from fucking L.A. and San Diego and all those places. <laughs> yes, they brought the sun. They need to take it back. <laughs> I like the sun. <laughs> yeah, but you don't get to see it all the time, Liz. And speaking of the sun, uh, Ant-Man and Wasp was a part of the summer or Marvel's summer rollout um, and have been met with um, kind of okay numbers, I think, I want to think, and... Especially in recent, you know, with the recent news going around about, like, you know, the firing of James Gunn and then, like, I think uh, Ryan Johnson even tried to hide some of his, like, nasty tweets uh, by deleting a bunch of them recently because he didn't want to get fired by Disney for any of his uh, Star Wars projects. Uh, any thoughts on whether or not we'll see the act, or did Disney give the axe to Ryan Johnson? Wouldn't doubt it. It's Disney. Yeah, they they tend not to. I mean, they tend not to uh, cover their own ass. I mean, I mean, they cover up their own ass pretty well, because uh, nobody ever talks about you know Walt Disney and his his racism. But it seems that uh, Disney, as a company, as a corporate entity, is definitely uh, sweeping everything under the rug as far as as far as uh, bad content and bad media is concerned. Uh, anybody else have any uh, thoughts about that? For somebody who doesn't 
is like just now starting the Marvel series, and I'm a few see um, a, a few movies in, and I did see Ant Man and the Wasp. Who is Ryan? Like in accordance to the movie. Uh, so he doesn't have anything to do with the Marvel universe, but because the Marvel universe is tied into Disney, he is actually uh, the director of the Last Jedi, which is a Star Wars Episode Eight. Okay. Yeah. So, and because uh, because Disney acted the way they did with you know the recent you know the recent exposure that um, James Gunn has gotten in most recent weeks, uh, Ryan's I'm assuming Ryan's kind of fearing for his job at this point. And maybe only a matter of time before some of his nasty tweets surface. So he's just getting, he's aiming to get fired because of the tweets he's been doing well, he, and stuff. Like that. Well, he, well, he's not aiming to get fired, but he's definitely uh, trying to hold on to his job because he just got a three movie deal with Disney uh, for doing um, more Star Wars films, but not associated with the core franchise. Okay. Yeah, it's been rumored out there that he might be doing like a, he might be getting some uh, his own like like Star Wars universe films uh, since like the Game of Thrones writers are getting the uh, the Old Republic series which I guess that's also a rumor okay well I've known for quite a while that Disney's stance on racism and you know crap talk about other people especially like the gays and the lesbians or people of different color have been strong for years and they have this slash people out of very popular shows and movies and never had contact with them again because of you know they don't want to be associated with those kind of people so if he's doing that yeah he should definitely be scared and I kind of wonder what, you know, especially with a lot of the celebrities that are coming out in James Gunn's support, I kind of wonder how, you know, how long will it be before they'll bring James back if they actually do? Let's get through that. I think you should go to DC. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I personally think he would be better, uh, better suited in DC, maybe even doing, you know, maybe the second Justice League movie. That'd be kind of fun. Oh, yeah, he'd make it great. I'd make him. A- Make Disney pay for their decision. No doubt. I mean, because they took they base because James basically took a crappy comic that was not very popular in the Marvel universe and turned it into a popular movie. <laughs> so, I mean, you got to hand it to him. I mean, he, he, mm-hmm. did, he did turn uh, chicken shit to chicken salad, which is pretty sweet. We well, are referring to Josh Whedon, right? Yes. Thank you. Just making sure. <laughs> and for those people who don't know who Josh Whedon is, he is the writer of some of the Marvel movies, as well as Buffy the Vampire and Angel, I believe, and Firefly. Yeah, he's done a qu- I mean, Josh has done quite a bit. I mean. Oh, and Doctor Horrible. <laughs> yes, Doctor Horrible sing along blog. <laughs> Definitely a favorite of the favorite over here at the corpse. Um, I mainly like. Uh, like the song where he gets all giants, the brand new day song where he's like just stepping on people and mm-hmm. kind of letting his ego inflate. It's great. Didn't Josh Whedon do Cabin in the Woods? Yes, he did. Yeah, I think that was one of his best movies. Yeah, he did Cabin in the Woods too. I mean, God, he had, I mean, his resume is pretty thick. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Ant-Man versus, or Ant-Man, I keep wanting to say Ant-Man versus Wasp, but... 
Because we're in the verses era, so dude. They're always doing verses. Yeah. Or, I mean, it seems like maybe they might as well have been. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> Just kind of the way the movie played out. Hell no, the Me Too movement would have freaked. <laughs> yeah, the um, <laughs> yeah that whole uh, like the whole uh, first part of this movie really kind of got me, only because like. And for those listening, there are going to be a lot of spoilers in this episode. So if you haven't seen the movie, stop playing this right now. Go back, go to the theater, watch it, and then come back and listen to this. Yeah. We do have habits of giving spoilers. Yeah, we, yeah. All the we're kind of spoiler heavy. If it's not our yeah. articles, which are short-sighted reviews, um, if it's these podcasts where we do TV and movie spoilers. So. And it's so hard to basically make our statement known or, you know, confirm that theory that we have without actually giving away a spoiler. Yeah, no doubt. Now, um, yeah, so here at the beginning of the movie, of course, Mr. Uh, Paul Rudd is doing nothing in his house. Um, he's kind of under house arrest at this moment for some of the things that had happened with fellow Avengers. God, those freaking Avengers, man! Getting Paul, you know, getting Paul Rudd's character up in a bind. Oh come on! If Captain America called you, you'd totally be there. And if you guys know which movie he's referring to, which Avengers? It's the Captain America Civil War, where Ammon came in to help, and he got in trouble for it, and broke the accords, and now he's under house arrest for two years. Yeah, yeah. And I think what I. I think what I really like about this whole scene is you get to see his kind of, you know, what's he been doing for the past couple of years. And he's really kind of um, kind of in this funk, so he's kind of created little things that he can do for himself to kind of get him out of this, you know, out of his, like, slump and slumpy situation. And, of course, uh, what he's not telling anybody is that he does still kind of have contact with the other people he was involved with, with, um, with Henry and his family. And but they're kind of angry at him because of the accords. Yeah, exactly. The decision he made to go with Captain. Yep. Yeah, he shouldn't have been he shouldn't have been taken off with uh, other people's shit and going all willy-nilly with it. So But he did make a point in the movie. It is Captain America asking for help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, seriously. The Avenger, someone from the Avengers is asking for help. What are you going to really do? Are you going to break this rule or say, hell yeah? <laughs> <laughs> now, um, now with, uh, okay, so for, uh, for Liz, how many of the movies had you seen before this moment? Um, I saw, without having to sit here and uh, count, probably six movies. I've seen the Captain America, the first Iron Man. I've seen the second Avengers, um, the Incredible Hulk. Um, I saw Doctor Who, uh, not Doctor Who, but uh, Heather, what's that movie? Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Strange, yes. Yeah, I've kind of seen random movies all out of order. I've seen Wonder Woman. Um, but it was interesting well, was... seeing this movie and then turning right around and watching the first one. Because my impressions of the second movie changed once I saw the first movie. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the first movie was a sleeper and just kind of everybody loved it. And nobody knew it was that good. 
Yeah. Yeah, there was very disappointing factors in the second one. Because at first I was like, oh, the second one was actually pretty good. You know, they did a really good job. I love some of the uh, comedian stuff they did. And then I saw the first, I re, re Liz and I and Axel, we rewatched the first one after we got home. And I was like, wow, they, I think part of our problem, all three of us agreed, they dumbed um, Ant-Man, I'm sorry, spacing on his name in the Scott. movie, but Scott, thank you. Scott. They dumbed Scott down in the second one so much, it surprised me, because he's supposed to be this, he's not a super genius like Tony Stark is and all these other guys, but he's like an average genius, masters in electronics and engineering or whatever, So he sh and he's been in the Ant-Man suit for a couple years, you know, so he knows a lot about, he knows certain things about the quantum stuff, he knows how things work, and he acted like a complete fool and dumb, and it's it made it seem less satisfying to watch it. I want to think that just in his defense, or just in the defense of the writing in this movie, because I actually thought this movie was better than the first one, I will say that I think they did that just to kind of play up his, uh, Paul Rudd's ability to be super cute. <laughs> um... <laughs> His adorable factor, because I think with um, with with what's happened in recent in the recent films, and we'll get into the ending of this movie here in, after a little while, um, but just kind of given given what they've had to work with, and given what their what most of the core subject of the of the film is, I don't think his character would be quite up to exactly what they're what um, Henry and his daughter are trying to accomplish. Um, overall, I think he, he had because he's he's at he had the experience of being there, but he didn't he doesn't know the actual science behind it. And so I would think that it would be uh, it would be kind of hard to kind of place him dead center, you know, in the movie. But because he, he does because I'll agree he does come off as a sidekick in this film. But yeah, which was okay, you know, for the wasp to be the main story between kind of her and her dad yeah. to be the main story. But I just felt like kind of agreed with Heather. They dumbed him down so much. I mean, and so often, and most of the comedic relief in this movie was because of his dumbing down, which then was like, I would hate for somebody to interpret myself like that. And, um, but I did feel like there was so many storylines going on in this movie between the bad guys, um, well, not even most of them, not all were technically bad, but there was so many storylines, and they were just weaved so nicely together, and they just kind of ended that way, too, where they all just had the resolution, and it was really nice to see, especially when you have so much going on. All right, y'all need to shut up, because I, uh, I, I'm going to tell you about Ant-Man. So... What? Axel, where'd you come from? <laughs> Ant-Man was a good movie. The first one was really good. And they made the character, you know, you know, they didn't make him like this dumb replacement for Hank Pym. He actually had skill. I mean, he was master thief, electrical engineer, you know, perfect choice to take over as far as Dr. Pym was concerned, perfect choice to take over as Ant-Man. And then you get 
Ant-Man 2, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and they turn they turn Scott Lang into a buffoon. I mean, seriously, I, I understand they wanted to showcase the Wasp in this one, and the Wasp really was the main hero of this movie. And it was, I, I liked the movie, it was good, except for the fact that they turned Ant-Man into the comic relief. And that was just wrong. I mean, they would have done so much better by making Ant-Man the Wasp's partner, rather than the Wasp being Ant-Man's partner, like it's supposed to be since they wanted to showcase the Wasp. But they turned him into a buffoon, comic relief, and that was just wrong. I mean, his suit didn't work half the time. Uh, he was he constantly was getting his ass handed to him because his suit didn't work half the time. I mean, they did give him a couple of good moments, but it just I I I just I can't. I'm like, why did they do that? That's I I, I can't get it into my head. You know that they would screw up in this major fashion because, I mean, they didn't really give him any of the build-up that they gave him in the first movie. I want to think maybe what they did was um, they might have just star-lorded him a little bit just, just so that he could be like that, you know, kind of like that character. Um, well... I mean, they they did they did Star Lord him a little bit uh, from Infinity War when they you know picked on they they were picking on Peter Quill you know a whole bunch in the Infinity War yeah. you know poking fun about the fact that he gained weight and stuff like that yeah. you know yeah you know, but in in Ant Man and the Wasp I mean he didn't he didn't get to display any really of his previous skill from the first movie. I mean, if, if you watch if you watch the first movie and then watch the second movie, you, you actually get to the point with, uh, aside from the suit not working properly because it was a prototype, yeah. you don't get the, the sense that the character uh, you would wonder why they chose him as Ant-Man. You know, even in Civil War, he had, uh, I mean, he had, he showed more uh, ability in Civil War in the short time that he was actually on the screen in Civil War as opposed to Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, was there anything you actually did like about the well, yeah. I mean, they did a really good job with the Wasp costume. They did a really good job with the uh, the uh, the straight man bits that Michael Douglas did. Yeah. Um, like, you know, when he's like, oh, hey, she can fly. Uh, and she has blasters. Uh, I guess you just didn't have that tech when you made my suit. Oh, no. Yeah, I did. And, you know, and then that was it. And, you know, so they did a really good job with the straight man jokes and, you know, a, a lot of the comedy and comic relief that they put 
Scott Lang's, or, you know, yeah, Ant-Man's character through was actually funny, and it made you laugh. So, I mean, I liked that. I liked the movie as a whole, but I really didn't like what they did to the Ant-Man character versus how they built him up in the other movies that he's been in. I mean, he, he, he takes on the Falcon in the first movie, a Special Forces Ops trained soldier yeah. in, a, in, you know, in a flying battlesuit versus a privately trained for a short period of time uh, um, civilian in a shrink suit. And that's the only reason he won because his suit could shrink and, you know, he couldn't easily be tracked against the Falcon. Yeah. You know, and then look what they did to him in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I mean, compare compare the two things together and you just... I got a rant about it. So it's almost like... story. So maybe storyline-wise, you probably feel the same as most WWE fans feel about Ron Smackdown. There's, like, no consistency. <laughs> And the characters almost seem like they're badass one second and comic relief the next. Funny enough, I actually uh, got to watch wrestling for the first time in like maybe a year and a half, two years. Yeah. Um, the other day, and I realized one very important thing about wrestling. I didn't miss anything in between the two years that I really didn't watch it because it was the same show that I turned on from the last time that's, to this time. <laughs> you know, it's funny you, you say that because that's been the main complaint from fans is that the show has not changed in 10 to 15 years. It's been it was the, the same, same fucking show. It's like since the early 2000s, since after WCW went out of business, it's been the same show every <laughs> Yeah, just like I hadn't missed anything. That's why most. That's why most. Somebody hard- with. Go ahead. Oh, that's why most of the hardcore fans like NXT now. <laughs> so if you got Hulu, it's on NXT. Or NXT's on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's my rant about Ant Man. They 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 screwed up the character in the Ant Man versus the Wasp. The Wasp they did a really awesome job on. Ant Man they just were like. Nope. We want to make it all about the Wasp. And they did. And it was a good movie. It should have just been called The Wasp. With the... uh, Just call it The Wasp. And you would have been fine. That's the thing. That was, you know, if you... you It's cheap. Look at it. The character, even though he had two years off as Ant-Man, still was in shape. Oh, I yeah. mean, of course, it, we, he was eye candy for the women, of course, yeah. you know, when, yeah. you know, the bath scene and all that, but he was still in shape. That shows that character-wise, he was staying in shape, and yeah, he still did have the Ant-Man suit, so it was in case of an emergency kind of thing in my thought about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because if... You know, he w- didn't bother to stay in shape or anything like that. Then I'd be like, okay, especially you know, now I could. Especially when he yeah. lies to Henry about not having the suit, and then yeah. and then all of a sudden has it. <laughs> well, it's in a safe place.
Well, it's because they gave more time to Luis. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He, Luis was awesome. Yeah, Luis was pretty oh, sweet. Luis. He needs his own damn movie. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he definitely does, man. I think that... The truth serum. Oh, my God. That was so great. Okay, so I... The truth serum scene. Just, oh, so, so just to kind of play off of what Stavro was just talking about. Okay, so like when... So, Stavro was the one that convinced me to even watch um, Ant-Man to begin with, the first one. And I didn't want to see it because I... Because you're wrong? Well, no, because I was going... No, because I was going... Cause, <laughs> well, that too. I am I am the wrong and sick and wrong. So, <laughs> I'll agree with you on that. But, no, it's because uh, I only wanted to see Ant-Man because Edgar Wright was the one who was supposed to be directing it. And he, he ended up backing out. Um, he backed out for creative differences and other things, and I actually thought the movie would have been a million times better had Edgar Wright still been involved. Only, because, only because of every movie he's ever done, like Scott Pilgrim, mm -hmm. Baby Driver, the the Cornetto series, which is Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. I mean, like so many of his movies. No, so... tell them it's not their fault. They're stupid. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and and I mean a lot of a lot of what was in the script was still like you're right. A lot of, and you can see it too, and some of the comedic stuff they, they kind of threw in there. But when Steve pitched me the whole uh, Luis character, that's what got me to watch it. <laughs> Every, he told me like the whole Luis spiel from the first movie, where he's like describing the events as he remembers it, <laughs> and and I think that breakdown like from like point to point to point to point is just so hilarious. I tried to impersonate him the best I could, especially when you hear or when you see all the characters lip syncing what he's saying. <laughs> That's the part that makes it that that sold it to me, and uh, and, and watching this movie made it even better because. They, they actually top themselves in that in that way. I know, the truth serum se uh, segment where he has to tell the whole story. <laughs> He's like, no, I meant this. Oh. His well, hair in prison. His hair in prison was awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. I think, the I think it was also Louise's little way of trying to stall for time, I think, too. I think that's what he was trying to do. Yeah. Um, as he was telling the story, but because, you know... Yeah. <laughs> and his two friends telling him, like, dude, you just he's like a book. You open him up, man. You just gotta let him go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, uh, I think the other thing, too, was the very beginning of this film, like the very, very beginning, where they're showing you that, you know, the Hank uh, character, his wife, which... I was shocked that they were going to bring Michelle Pfeiffer into this movie. Um, just be, I mean, just you haven't really seen her in a while, you know. I know. I was like, dang. And, I know. Last time I saw her was like Stardust. Yeah, I know. That was, I mean, I think that was the last thing I saw her in. Mm-hmm. But, um, but if you... I might have done a couple things after, but I don't, I'm spacing on it. Yeah. And I think the 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 other thing with, that really caught me, and I I think uh, Dis, because of the Disney money and because of the Marvel money, they basically um, gave her the Kurt Russell treatment in this film as they did with him in Guardians Two, where they just made him like look really young and really awesome looking. Mm -hmm. um, they did a really good job with the CG and the digital imaging on that. And, yes. 
out of all a lot of the actors and actresses I've seen with Botox at this stage in, of their age, yeah, she has definitely aged well with the Botox. Everybody else, Botox doesn't really help them. I'm oh, sorry, no. it just makes them look like their face is stuck. it does it looks like they stopped at an age and it doesn't go anywhere and it doesn't match anything else (laughs) I will say even even up to now Michelle Pfeiffer is still my cat woman still (laughs) oh man and um so yeah and the other thing was too yeah all the storylines going on here there's like um, all the different little angles that, that that are being played with the uh, with the FBI watching, you know, uh, Paul Rudd's character Scott, uh, the little Asian dude FBI guy, he oh, was hilarious. Yeah, Randall Park. <laughs> yeah, that I guy. Felt he was the FBI horrible. guy. Yeah, he's like one of the few FBI guys you kind of feel bad for because he's actually the good guy. Yeah, you know, no of these cases, you're like. You know, wanting to stick it to the to the uh, authorities, but this guy, you're like, no, he's a good guy. You know, he's just trying to do his job, and then he keeps getting all these turned around air stuff. Oh man, like I, I love the whole like the whole back and forth between him and Paul Rudd, where he's like, you know, because I think when they tried busting him the first time, <laughs> and, and he's like just hanging out, you know, and and he basically ends up talking him into maybe wanting to take him out to dinner or something like that. <laughs> Yes, that was awesome. <laughs> Asking him to learn the magic tricks. How did you do that? How did you do that? Online, all the magic trick online, and he kept him doing online shit. That shit was fucking hilarious. <laughs> oh, man, I couldn't get enough of Randall. He was pretty good. Uh, the first time I think oh, it was... And, oh, yeah, and the whole thing about him going, oh, you're great with kids. Yeah, and I'm also a youth pastor. I'm <laughs> <laughs> a youth like, pastor. That was so funny. I think that just kind of. Oh, I, I think I that just kind of plays into his like you know his his kind of um, his kind of innocentness you know and this whole thing you know mm-hmm. just the way he just the way his character fully plays you know he's, and you can tell he, he means well but you know he still has to do yeah. his job he still has to be an FBI agent so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what did you guys think about Larry uh, Fishburne being in the movie again, or, or not <gasps> again but just? Oh, go ahead. Morpheus, dude, gotta love him. Although, even though he's been Larry Fishburne and Lawrence Fishburne and back to Larry Fishburne, but hey, that's beside the point. I'm just gonna call him Larry just because of Nightmare on Street 3. Uh, uh, did you have any thoughts about uh, Lawrence Fishburne being in this film, or Heather? Who's Larry again? Uh, Lawrence <laughs> Fishburne was the guy who plays Bill Foster. He's the He was also Morpheus and a bunch of other random characters throughout the uh, movie. He was the guy that was helping the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. And... He ended up, you know, he was always kind of the good guy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he almost seems like he's the villain, but he's... Because, I mean, him and... Cause both, oh, yeah, right. Both, yeah, Bill Foster and Hank Pym totally hate each other. But they can't help to, you know... Try to compliment each other's intelligence, you know, because they're, well, yeah. they're still professionals in that sense. But I think he did a good job. I mean, what I do find funny is the lady that plays Ghost. Ever since I've seen her in Killjoy, she always she seems to be getting all these roles, but they all been the same kick-ass character, but on yeah. the bad side. 
<laughs> she doesn't seem to be always on the good side of things. <laughs> You're talking about Hannah John Car uh, Kamen. Yeah. Uh, however, I will have to say, I did like the fact that they made the character Ghost very well human character-wise. She was, you know, you really did feel for her. She wasn't the typical bad guy that you just want to say, oh, you should just go, you need to be dead. No, you're like, you really did hope that she would find a cure or something at the end. And I was really surprised at that she actually did get her somewhat cure and that, you know, she actually seemed to not really be a villain anymore towards the end. No, because her pain was over. The only reason she was an asshole because she was always in pain. Yeah. So I guess if you're in pain, I guess that's a good excuse, though. I mean, you're in constant pain. I guess you're going to want to be an asshole. Yeah, it's like you're. you're yeah, kind of. Sorry, I'm going to take a little bit of my anger out on you. I've like, been in pain too. Yeah, it's like your physical form is always between dimensions and always shifting and always doing all that. Mm -hmm. It would, I mean, imagine getting like a million Indian sunburns like at the same time. Yeah, oh. How would you know that? I do not know that. I, I don't know. Well, never mind. <laughs> My brain kind of did one, one way and then the other. <laughs> I did. I, I did really like her though. And now, now that you mentioned another movie that I have not seen yet, I'll have to go back and watch Killjoys. Um, or, or was that a TV show? It's a TV, it's a TV show. Oh, okay. TV show. I believe this is supposed to be their last season, or at least it's ending the main storyline this season. Yeah, because a little bit of what I saw out of her, she kind of she kind of reminded me of the chick that played River and Firefly. Um, I can't remember her name. Right. The only reason I watched Firefly. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Dude, that girl was awesome, and it's just the it's cool because like. It, Certain like certain people have been able to, especially in Hollywood now, you know they're able to take you know people that you wouldn't think would be like really awesome action stars and just making them action stars. And but of course with her, you can kind of see like you can see all the believability in her face and you know with all of her actions and the way she performs. Uh, I, she I has would, a really nice exotic look. Yeah, I know. Kind of pulls it off. Yeah, I was kind of I was kind of taken by her when when she first took her, took the helmet off and she was starting to phase in and look normal. I was like, wow, <laughs> like, who the hell is that? Nobody's mentioned or whatever Scoggins or whatever his name is. Oh yeah, Walton Scoggins or Coggins. And yeah. got him, man. Yeah, the guy who played Sonny Birch. Yeah, um, he also played me in uh, Sons of Anarchy <laughs> <laughs> with tits and everything. Man, he did that role awesome. Oh man, yeah. No, he was a, he was a really good bad guy, um, and it's it is kind of it is kind of unclear though in this movie who the real bad guy is really supposed to be. It's like everybody's just kind of playing against everybody. It's it almost <laughs> felt like one of those like crazy British crime movies. <laughs> well, they've done that with the last couple. Like, for okay, if you haven't seen Deadpool, I'm about to spoil something for you. Uh, like, they, they build Cable to be the villain, and he really wasn't the villain. No. No, not really. He was just in the way. 
Yeah. Yeah, in a way. He's, yeah. But he also had his reasons like she did. Yeah. Yeah. He was his brick wall that happened to be in Deadpool's way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although I did love seeing him getting teabagged. That was gorgeous. <laughs> and the Enya music. Oh, it was gorgeous. Just beautiful soundtrack to that movie. Yes. Respect to Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> And you can go back and listen to our Deadpool 2 uh, review that the Sci-Files did. That was actually pretty fun. You're a whore. Uh, oh, yeah. i got to plug our other shows. Hey, come on. Uh. So, anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, building up to this. So, they, you know, with all the different little things going on at once, um, you know, it eventually leads up to, you know, the ultimate end, you know, who's, you know, where they bring Michelle Pfeiffer's character back. Mm-hmm. Uh, from you know, from the quantum reality. Wonderful. Yeah, I know. It's it's kind of a cool little CG moment, you know, where where things kind of euphoric and really weird, and a lot of that kind of. I, I kind of like seeing it because you know you can play a lot with the fantasy element of a, you know of any film, and you can do something like that. Uh, any thoughts on on some of the on some of the weird alternate quantum realities that they've had in that movie? Um, I kind of, it's not really the reality, but I no. really like the portable building. Dude, I, I thought really like the, the portable, car, the portable cars. Oh, no, Luis driving the little car was adorable. <laughs> Luis doing anything, especially when he was on the, um, the truth serum and he bitched at him about putting plates up top. <laughs> I lost it there. The plates, oh. who puts the plates on top? You're doing dishes wrong. <laughs> You're doing dishes wrong, and I don't like the way you load the dishwasher. <laughs> oh my god! But no, uh, just the whole car scene, them exchange. I love how they actually thought about what you could do with shrinking and blowing things back up with cars in the car chase. Oh, I love the sound. That was pretty cool. Trunk, it's all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I think I think my favorite part throughout that thing, because I mean, from the preview, they show like you know they show the Hello Kitty Pez dispenser flying at everybody. <laughs> my favorite parts were giant Ant Man gets on the back of one of those flatbed pickups and uses it as a scooter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love the part where she. Maybe it's because it's my vindictive side, but I love it when she's dry, it's towards the beginning of the car chase. They're driving, and just as a car is about to sw- sideswipe them, she shrinks. <laughs> and then she shrinks again as to get them over over on top of them and blows the car back up to push them off the road oh, from yeah. underneath. That was pretty genius. Uh, I like the Hello Kitty Pez dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cause yeah it's pretty clever what they can. They figured what to use to do things. Yeah, the little uh, container of sand. Oh, yeah, that was good. And salt. Uh, and how oh, she yeah. was so much more aggressive than him. She was a badass. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. And I would let her kick my ass any day of the week, okay? <laughs> uh hope. <laughs> but for people who have not yet, you may want to see... The Avengers Affinity Wars Part 1, before you see this, 
because it uh, does tie into the end of the movie uh, towards the end of the credits, and it will make way more sense once you do watch it. Sorry, I love that, because I'm sorry, I was one of the rare people who walked out of Avengers happy. Yeah, uh, yeah, Avenger, yeah, Infinity Wars was definitely a big... A Disney movie without a Disney ending. Yep. <laughs> well, it's a part one, so they're planning on doing a part two next year, which is why they're going to be holding a lot of move. There a lot of movies and even TV shows like Agents of Shields will begin a sixth season, but they're not going to have to come back until after Infinity Wars two comes out. Oh wow! Because they have to wait until all of the stuff ties on because they're so intertwined in that universe. Uh, I lost S.H.I.E.L.D. on season 3 or 4. Mm. After Josh Whedon quit. <laughs> oh, Josh Whedon quit S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents oh, yeah, he quit because he'd done Avengers 1, 2. He was doing S.H.I.E.L.D. He just wanted a break. I get it. Yeah. Well, while he's on break, he should do Dr. Horrible, too. He's <laughs> 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 been for that for years. Well, NPH needs work. He just did his last season of uh, Fortunate Events. Nice. He just finished the, the. He just wrapped up the last season of that. So, and he's awesome on that, by the way, people. Did they actually now with this last season? Did they tie up the whole series book wise? I do not know. Mm -hmm. I gotta look into that because that is as good as mine. Because I know as far as like season one, like because they were doing like every two episodes was one was one book of the series. So like, I think they did maybe what was it like four books. I, think, I, I can't remember how many of those books there were, but I know it wasn't a huge series. Popular, but not huge. I have not seen Fortunate Events. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think, yeah, I've only seen, like, the first, like, uh, I only saw the first season. And I saw the original movie that came out, the one that had Jim Carrey in it. But the but the movie is kind of weird because like the movie mixes up like three or four of the books together into one movie, mm -hmm. so it's kind of. Yeah, I've heard the the TV. I heard the Netflix series it ties more into the books, and I believe Patrick Harrison. Yeah, yeah, no, Patrick is Harris. Gage baby, Gage. Gage. Yeah, he's a, yeah he's the one that plays Count Olaf in that series. Yeah, there's. I think the, uh, I think where that series kind of really made it more important, you know, for how they pre how it was presented was the fact that they went strictly by the books, which, because I mean I'll say this with the movie, I mean the movie was good, but it is kind of confusing to find out that the end of the movie was literally the book one. <laughs> That's the first book, where uh, where Count Olaf tries to you know get his niece to or his. Well, not ne maybe niece to marry him, which <laughs> is kind of creepy. <laughs> kind of creepy, Olaf. Kind of creepy. All right. Anything else about Ant Man and the Wasp, or even Ant Man itself? I love Paul Rudd, especially when he acts like Michelle Pfeiffer and a woman. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Oh, that was good. I love you, that honey. That was really good. Oh. Especially when he comes out of it and he's still holding hands with Michael or with uh, Michael Douglas. Yeah. He's like, uh, "How'd I get up here?" <laughs> and honestly, he did a really good job with that, though, because it's like 
you really didn't know until he starts talking and doing stuff. And then you're like, what the frick? Oh! <laughs> he does a really good job. There was just so much to that movie. It was good. It was just, I laugh. I basically laughed through like at least 80% of it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was funny. So if you want a good laugh and you want to enjoy a movie, go see this. Uh, what did you think about it um, as a whole, uh, Liz? I I really liked it. I mean, it was disappointing after going home and watching the first one, you know, Paul Rudd's character, but for the most part, um, it was, there was a lot of comedic times in it where either Paul was, um, Scott, uh, his character was being funny or, like, the car chase was hilarious. Um and as I mentioned before, there were so many storylines and, you know, a big concern with doing so many storylines is that you don't wrap them all up, but these were all wrapped up very nice with the bow at the end and it all made sense. So it was one flowing, it was like multiple rivers flowing into one river, you know, it just all joined very nicely at the end. Oh, yeah. I only have one thing about the resolutions and I feel that the anger that the lady that played the uh, played Hope, so her character and Scott's character, how she had that kind of anger towards them, I feel that it wasn't, even though it was res, even though it was resolved in the resolved in the end, I felt like there should have been more to it. Like maybe she should have actually, maybe they should have had a Wasp and Ant Man like short clip. Uh, showdown to show how angry she really was at oh, him yeah. for doing what he did. I kind of felt that kind of portion was a little weak, um, so I think they could have done more with it, but I also yeah. know that they had a lot of things going on, too. Yeah, so. plus she was a little bit more concerned about getting her mom back than taking, you know, yeah. exacting revenge. But, no, a fight scene between them would have been cool. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, and we all know she would win. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she knows the tech way better than he does, so... Yeah. And she has wings and blasters. Yeah. But I'm, I still have to mourn Antonio Banderas. Oh, my God. Oh. Antonio Banderas. Oh. Yes. He had, like, a whole two seconds of screen Antonio! time. Antonio! <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Banderas, and then bam. And that's, that scene with the seagulls really just kind of brought it home for me, because especially with, like, the last time I went to the coast, I was in Lincoln City, and... I was watching just flocks of seagulls, um, no 80s reference intended, uh, just tearing apart, just tearing apart crab, and I'm like, and, and they're always leaving like the right arm, the right claw, and I'm like, dude, what the hell? Leave the crabs alone, you motherfuckers! And and, and watching that, you know, watching him get away was actually pretty satisfying, even though, yeah. even though a few of the ants had to go and. <laughs> But why Antonio? Why yeah. Antonio? He had the perfect Antonio. name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's coming to him in the first movie. He lost um, Antoine, you know. Antoine. <laughs> <laughs> However, his name is in the first movie. Is it Antoine? Well, were any of his uh, aunt's name really Antoinette? No, I don't think so. That's Brant. <laughs> Brant. Oh yeah. <laughs> it is Antoine, right? The the aunt, aunt. his main aunt in the first movie. Yeah, yeah. I think it was Antoine. Yeah. 
<laughs> and you lost him too towards the end. It was sad. I mean, oh the guy just God. can't keep his ants. <laughs> I, I think I my, feel bad for the ants. You know, they have they must like go. Oh, we're gonna be the ringleader writer. Oh, he's gonna die. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> wonder what's gonna happen with. Uh, okay, so big giant spoiler at the very end of the movie. Um, this movie doesn't tie into Infinity Wars as, uh, as Heather said. So if you haven't seen it, stop it right here. Go back and watch Infinity War and come back. Because the very, very end, poor Scott gets left in the quantum realm only because everybody else quantum outside blah, blah. is totally gone. They have been infinity. Uh, they have been infinity. Y'all's voices are getting in the way of me telling you to shut up. <laughs> that was actually interesting. Uh, the With everybody disappearing, and all three of, uh, you know, uh, all three of the Pims disappearing yeah. was actually, yeah, that... It makes me wonder how... Ant-Man's gonna get out of the quantum realm. Yeah. Uh, he, uh, I see it as the may pull the same trick that he pulled in the uh, the first movie by using a uh, uh, an enlargement disc, and then he'll get out. And it actually that was Heather's question that she asked me was was it because he was in the quantum realm that he was saved and. Yeah, that's actually a good question because it could be that he was saved because he was in the quantum realm, but it also could be that he just was not one of the random people to get uh, disappeared. So, yeah. But it could have been the him being in the quantum realm could be a factor, and it could come into play that the particles that he's taking out of the quantum realm could come back, you know, that could be my fan theory, is that when he comes out with the quantum particles, that's going to play a key role in restoring things. Now, here begs the question, oh, yeah, good point. actually, I that I had of this, and it could go either way, yeah. probably. Now, the whole thing with, um, you know, everybody disappearing randomly was... Scott's character was Scott saved because he wasn't on the random list, or did he get saved because he went into the quantum realm? I don't know because it, to me, okay, first off, it's weird that three people who happen to be in a family all are gone now. Yeah. So I, I bet you anything, Luis probably saves him in the follow up whatever it is, whether it's in uh, the second Infinity War movie or whether it's in the uh, Captain well, Marvel film. It could be that he's making, you know, it's only partially random and anyone who has the knowledge or know-how to be able to fight against him uh, to yeah. revert it. Or it could just be Marvel's way of putting in uh, 
a uh, cliffhanger. If you've seen the Tick, the uh, the new live action Tick series, and watch it all the way to I the end. I haven't seen it yet. Uh. It was like episode nine or something. Uh, it's like it they did nine episodes. It might have the new ones out by now. I haven't looked. But when watched the new live action pick, that was the bad guy. They they capture the sidekick at the end of the thing, and then he's sitting there in a chair. He's like, "Whoa!" He's all tied up, doesn't know what's going on, and the bad guy from his childhood just appears right in front of his face at the end of the show and says, "Cliffhanger!" <laughs> and then that that's where they end it. And I was like, yes, that was very cool and funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's going to either be, he's going to, he's going to be safe somehow and x worse, too. Which kind of makes a little sense because maybe someone found out, you know, he's going to probably be needed because of how little the Avengers are left over after the first movie. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that maybe they figured out he was there and would help him get a help of escape. But then again, you know, he could just make the apparent reappear again once they all return. Uh, you know, when he gets his own when he when he makes an appearance with his next movie, which will, probably won't be for a little while after uh, part two happens. Probably, yeah. I, I know me and Stavro were real happy when we saw that scene at the end. <laughs> well, yeah, it sucks. You get in there; it's a go in and go out kind of scenario, and then you get stuck right when that happens. I mean, that sucks. Yeah, because I didn't know where in that timeline this was going to exist. I had no yeah. idea where. I actually forgot about it, and I started seeing all these ashes, and I'm like, "What? What happened?" And then I'm like, "Oh, yeah, Infinity Wars." That makes sense. Which comes out on the 31st. Yep. Oh, on Blu-ray? Yep. Oh, uh, nice. For people who don't really want to see the movie, if anything worse, you can welcome to just fast forward to the end, because that's what it all happens. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it all happens. The, uh, you know, the random uh, stuff, so <laughs> to figure out why, you know, what happened in the Ant-Man movie. So if you really don't want to see if anything worse, just... Just, you know, go to the end. Yeah, we're not telling you to steal it or anything, but you can get a torrent and just fast forward all the way to the end. And... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know where you get the torrent. Right not now. anymore. <laughs> I used to. <laughs> I, I don't know now, but <laughs> you could probably get it. Or just, or uh, I'll just say this: when it comes out in VOD, it is worth the three ninety nine rental. There you to, go. To just fast forward to the end and watch the ending. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, go see. The, uh, go check out uh, Ant Man and Wasp. Uh, still in theaters. Or Ant Man versus Wasp, whatever yeah. you want to call it. <laughs> or as I almost called it, Ant Man and Wasp Woman, because. <laughs> because apparently, be, be, because because because. Because apparently uh, the wasp is gender neutral in this film. So. <laughs> All right, but um, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we will we will check everybody later. And uh, anybody want to plug anything before we get out of here? Nope, that's it on my side. I'm no, good. I gotta go piss out two beers, man. All right, sweet. 
Mm -hmm. Stop Hypocrisy is at Sick and Wrong on Twitter. <laughs> um, you can. Oh ahead. yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you're the reason I get more people liking me, huh? I'm like who the fuck is this person? <laughs> um, I just got Twitter to bitch up online to fucking GTA when they pissed me off. That's all I got it for. Nice. Hey, that's what it's that's what it's there for for customer service. <laughs> And for ads. You can give me money or I'm going to bitch a lot. Mm. <laughs> um, you can find uh, <laughs> uh, you can find Liz Patton um, uh, at Your uh, Story Discovered uh, which can be found on Facebook and I think there's even a website for that. Yep, and I just got our blog thing figured out so we now have a blog. Sweet. And, yeah. then of, and of course, even though Axel's not here, uh, you can also find... Um, other works from Axel um, at the voice of, or the voice of Axel um, on Facebook, and of course all of our stuff easy to find at RottenCorpseRadio.com, and we will check you all later. Guten Tag, Levita said, "Yeah." All right, everybody, have a good night. I must. This has been Rotten Corpse. Radio.